listening to Game On DC, your home for local gaming and esports news in the DMV. Find the show on social media at Game On DC and by using the hashtag GoDC. Without further ado, here are your hosts, John and Joey. What's up, DMV? Welcome to Game On DC, the podcast dedicated to you, the gamers and esports fanatics right here in the East Coast capital of esports. My name is John, and I am joined by the one and the only, the king of the courtside, Joey. What's up, buddy? John, life is grand. We have a whole lot going on. We have another homestand here in Washington, D.C. for the Overwatch League. The gaming cafes in the area, the academies, everything is popping off. We have events galore. All right, before we jump into all those amazing events and topics on this week's episode, just a friendly reminder that if you do enjoy Game On DC, we would be honored if you would leave us a review on your respective podcatcher of choice. We are on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Now, with that out of the way, let's jump right into our first segment. Of course, that is around the gaming beltway. Joey, what's happening in the DMV? John, we have a lot happening in the DMV, and just a quick announcement. Everyone out there who is hosting tournaments, feel free to tag us in them. Uh, a number of the ones we're discussing today are events that we were tagged in on Twitter. So again, you can reach out to us, tag us on Twitter, at GameOnDC, shoot us emails, shoot us messages. We'd love to cover your events on the show. Kicking things off this weekend, Saturday, March 7th, Tech Time is hosting a Call of Duty 3v3 Search and Destroy tournament. John, we have $600 guaranteed for that prize pool, and players can register on Smash.gg. Look, you know, 600 bucks is still a pretty decent-sized prize pool. Uh, Call of Duty, a game that is, you know, up and coming, especially with the Call of Duty League out there, a lot, a lot, a lot more players are paying attention to Call of Duty. The competitive scene is 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 growing. You know, FPSs is, you know, they're they're still strong. It's still a very popular gaming genre. And with Riot Games kind of teasing their Project A now, I, I believe the the name of that is Valorant or Val- what was it, Joey? Valorant. Valorant. There we go. Pronunciations aside, uh, FPS is a lot of people are really excited about that game. So I expect to see more Call of Duty, more FPS tournaments popping up around the DMV. And then when Riot's new title comes out, I fully expect most of the gaming cafes, if not all of them, to jump on that as well. But for now, Tech Time hosting the Call of Duty 3v3 Search and Destroy with a $600 guarantee prize pool. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Definitely check that out if you're looking for a... If you're looking to up your competition level a little bit. Well, listeners, maybe you're not quite into that FPS shooter genre. Maybe you want something a little bit more sporty. Well, hey, Esports Fair Play has got you covered. They are hosting a FIFA 20 round robin tournament at Rosmarino Italia Restaurant. John, that's about as good as I can get without throwing a spicy meatball in there. Club teams only for this one. $10 early bird and $15 at the door. Again, you can register on Smash.gg. John, you and I have had the pleasure of hosting and casting a lot of these tournaments alongside Pat at Esports Fair Play. His FIFA tournaments are a blast. Not only are they a blast, but you can actually play out the game and you don't have to settle for rock, paper, scissors to determine who's gonna, who the winner is going to be, uh, like some other FIFA 20 events that didn't take place in this area. Uh, so yeah, if you sign up, you can actually play the event. You can play the game and you can see you know, how far you can get in the knockout rounds. Can you get out of the group stage? Can you make it all the way to the finals for a chance at an awesome cash prize? Uh, that is going to be determined based upon how many people show up. Uh, So definitely, if you're into FIFA and the FIFA 20 scene and and you want to test your skill against some of the best FIFA players in the DMV, look no further than Esports Fair Play hosting this round-robin tournament. 
Uh, I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. It's at a great price point, 10 bucks if you register early. If you can't, you know, if it's kind of up in the air and you don't know if you can make it or not, 15 bucks at the door, that's still a great price point uh, to take part in a FIFA 20 round robin. You're guaranteed multiple games in the tournament. You do well, you advance, you can get a chance at winning some money. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Heading back down to Woodbridge, Virginia for Sunday, March 8th, we have Tech Time hosting a Fortnite clinic. It's going to run about 90 minutes. It's going to cost $19.99 per participant, and you can sign up for that one at techtimegaming.com. Last but not least in our list of events for this week, on Monday, March 9th, not quite this week, but right on the cusp of it for next week, we have the Game Gym introducing a new Smash Weekly titled Supplement. This is going to be ultimate singles plus rotating squads and duos, and it will be occurring each Monday moving forward. John, one of the things we've heard from a lot of Smash players in the area, and the Game Gym obviously has heard it as well, they want more Smash events to compete in. Fridays might not always work for them for flex. Maybe they can't make some of the other gaming cafe nights either. So the Game Gym has come out here. They're saying, hey, we're going to host a regular weekly event up here in Maryland. It's going to be Monday nights, and it's going to allow for more of that fun Smash competition that all these players love to have. The great thing with Smash and the community, I feel like we talk about almost every episode, but the Smash community is absolutely fantastic. It is a true grassroots movement almost of, you know, this game and this community really pulling themselves together. And there's, if there's one thing they want is they want more regular Smash tournaments in the DMV area. And we're seeing the Game Gym step up, introducing uh, a Monday night Smashly week uh, you know, tournament here. And it's, it's, it's great. Ultimate singles and rotating squads and duos, I think it's absolutely fantastic to supplement alongside uh, their um, flex events, which have been absolutely fantastic. I believe their last flex event broke over 100 participants. I mean, it is growing and growing and growing. The Smash scene is so hungry in this area for more events on an amateur level also, you know, because people want to compete. If there's one thing I know about the Smash community is they want to compete. They want to see where they rank against their friends, against the rest of the people in the Smash community when there's money on the line, when there's eyes watching, when you're on the stage. I absolutely love this move by Game Gym. And, you know, again, I fully expect the Smash scene to continue to grow in this area. And Game Gym won't be the only one doing this. I fully expect to see a lot more of the gaming cafes step up their Smash uh, competitions as well. Because, like, like we said, Joey, it's in high demand, and this area loves Super Smash Bros. Absolutely. Be sure to also check out our local gaming center's websites and social media accounts as well, as they have regularly scheduled events throughout the week that we cannot cover every single one of them on the podcast to list those centers. This They're not limited to these, but this is a good number of them. The Cave Gaming Center in Fairfax, Virginia, Hunter MPC Gaming Lounge in Annandale, Virginia, Tech Time Gaming Lounge in Woodbridge, Virginia, iBattle Esports PC Gaming in Centerville, Virginia, Xanadu Games at Laurel Park, Maryland, and the Game Gym in Rockville, Maryland. All right, Joey, let's go and switch channels here real quick. Let's jump over to the Capitol Coliseum because this past weekend, a lot happened. Actually, the last two weeks, a lot happened in this area. I want to start with one of the, the bigger events that happened just this past weekend with our good friends at Monumental Sports and Entertainment. And, of course, I'm talking about the Caps Gaming Showcase, the epic 6v6 Chell Tournament. Uh, that took place starting back on December 7th, an eight-week regular season through Swiss format. Uh, just to recap, Swiss format, uh, it put, you know, after week one, all the 1-0 teams play against each other. You get paired up with another 1-0. If you're 0-1, you get paired up with another 0-1. They essentially try to match your record, uh, so it's a competitive game every single time. And it worked out well. Four amazing teams made their way 
uh, to Washington, D.C. after they qualified for the knockout round. They went all the way through the playoffs to the semifinals. It was hidden potential and phantoms in the first semifinal matchup, and the second semifinal matchup was Entourage and Resilience. Four amazing teams, Joey. Uh, we had the honor of getting to uh, shoutcast that event live from Capital One Arena on the Caps uh, Twitch channel. And it was absolutely fantastic. We had to spend time with a lot of the players. Uh, a lot of the people at MSC got, you know, a lot of great background stories from a lot of these players. And, and you know, something that we see almost every single time we do one of these events locally, uh, at, at, you know, in a LAN format, most of these players have been playing together online for years. And this was the first time they've ever met in person was when Caps Gaming flew them to Washington, D.C. And for most of them, Joey, it was their first time in D.C. It was absolutely fantastic. Right, John. And there's just something very special about players getting to meet each other in person for the first time. You're moving from that online environment to that LAN environment, which is such a different competitive feel. The way they set it up as well, they had them across the table or across the computers from each other. So it kind of had that NBA 2K feel as well, which is awesome because you get this sports game, you get some fun commentary back and forth from the teams. They jab at each other a little bit, uh, at least vocally with some words if someone misses a shot or something like that. So it's just, it's fun to watch the players play it out in that sense because you're not only playing out in the game, but you're playing out in person as well. Now, in addition to that, we also had the return of Regs, as I nicknamed him, repeating Regs, because he not only won the Capitals NHL kickoff last year, but they also jumped in here again. He joined a Sixes team. He was a D-man, and so many people doubted him. There's like, ones players cannot play Sixes. Regs came out here and won the tournament. Absolutely insane. And Stonewall Shekel as well in goal, John. He was absolutely incredible. Probably the MVP of the tournament overall. Just players could not get the puck past him. He did such an incredible job stopping it. He was standing on his head game after game. And again, Entourage coming out here, having such a dominant performance throughout the tournament. But really, to look back, all four of these teams completely deserve to be here. They made it through 80-plus other teams to make it to this point. They've all performed incredibly well, even if they didn't have the greatest of weekends here. Uh, they did have a lot of fun, but maybe not the greatest uh, weekend on virtual ice for some of these teams. But overall, I think it was a really cool experience, and I love that the Capitals are continuing to push the Chelsea forward and now introducing more Sixes tournaments out there as well. Yeah, it was absolutely massive for the Sixes scene because uh, from from what our research have has uncovered and from our interviews with a lot of the players – there's a good chance this is the first time a Sixes land competition occurred since 2009. We're talking roughly 11 years here. You know, if it's exactly 11 years, cool, awesome, but it's probably give or take a couple months here. But roughly 11 years since the last Sixes land competition happened. You know, you have you know the GWC coming up, and that's and that's a ones competition. There's really nothing for the Sixes scene. And then the Capitol said, hey, look, you know, we did the, the Caps eSports face-off last year. We had the Chell Classic, which was a 3v3 tournament with the Tampa Bay Lightning organization. They th uh, flew up three players as well, uh, hosted uh, a, a best of five at Capital One Arena last year as well. And it did incredibly well. It was a lot of fun having three versus three play against one another. And this year the Caps were like, hey, why not we just go full sixes? Let's get a full squad of five players plus a goalie for each team, and let's see how this works. And the community responded. That's the way you continue to grow the sixes scene. That's the way you get the NHL and other NHL teams involved is by the massive amount of support that we saw in the Caps Gaming Showcase. Over 80 teams, close to almost 600 players, 
registered for this event. It was absolutely massive. And anybody could sign up. If you were a free agent and you were looking for a team, you could have signed up. I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. I, I honestly do believe they were able to narrow down to the best four Sixes teams uh, through that Swiss format, through the knockout rounds. And Entourage came in. Uh, they weren't the number one over, uh, overall seed. Uh, that was Hidden Potential, uh, who they defeated in the finals uh, three games to zero. But all of the games were incredibly close, except for game two, which was, was kind of a blowout. Uh, but game one and game three in the final, absolutely close. And really, that's what we, that was the theme for all of the games in the semifinals. Hidden Potential and Entourage had it, you know, the winner of the final gets $10,000. That That is massive. And you get you flew out to Washington, D.C., paid for by Monumental Sports and Entertainment. You got put up in a hotel in Washington, D.C. They gave you plenty of free time to go around D.C., sightsee, and do all the touristy kind of stuff. It was an absolutely fantastic overall experience for a lot of these guys who was their first time in Washington, D.C. and at a land competition, Joey. And I want to see more of this. And I have a feeling the Capitals are going to continue to lead the way in the Chelsea scene, in the Sixes scene, in the One scene, in just overall Chell esports. Don't sleep on the Capitals. I, I almost can guarantee there's there's more stuff in the works. We just have to wait for announcements to come out there. But the Caps are truly leading the way. Uh, so I, you know, overall great event. You had fun. I had fun. It was it was a fantastic day. Uh, a lot of the players were absolutely a, a pleasure to be around and hang out with. And Entourage just absolutely dominated uh, that event. And I couldn't agree with you anymore. I would give Shekel my MVP as well. He was an absolute genie in the net, stopping everything. I can't wait for more sixes uh, tournaments to come around, and hopefully the Caps will be leading the way in that as well. With that, Joey, I want to turn the page just a little bit. I'm going to go right around the corner from Capital One Arena, and let's talk about our local NBA 2K League team, WizDG. Uh, NBA 2K League just had their draft the other weekend as well, and as we all know, WizDG had the first overall pick this year in the, in the draft, and with that draft, Joey, there was a lot of different ways uh, WizDG could have gone with that first overall draft pick. Tons of rumors uh, you know, believe who you want to believe, but at the end of the day, they went down with who they believe was the best player for them, and of course, that was JBM going number one overall. And how cool was this? The owner of WizDG and MSE, Ted Leonsis, sent in a video to announce their first overall draft pick. It was an absolutely fantastic uh, moment for uh, Jack. Uh, so really, really cool for him being the first overall draft pick for WizDG. And they automatically flew him to D.C., feels like almost overnight, and immediately went on a media tour. I feel like I saw him on every single news uh, station on TV. He was on WTOP on the radio. I mean, he was all over the place, Joey. Right, John. When you look at this Wiz District gaming squad overall, they bring back two players. They have Reese God there, and they have Dave Fry. So you have a solid starting really starting roster overall. Dave Fry brings a ton of potential to the forward position in particular. Reese has just gained so much confidence and so much really improvement of skill over the course of the first two seasons with, with Wizards District Gaming. So I'm excited to see JBM be the next piece to this puzzle. 
coming in at the number one overall pick, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, you're the number one overall pick for the third season of the NBA 2K League. There's only been two other number one overall picks before you. The Wizards ending up with this one in particular, I think, is a very, very big win for them because now you have that third and final potential piece of that big three going into season three. And when we look at this Wizards as your gaming squad as well, they're one of those teams that either just hits the playoffs or just outside the playoffs. So I think JBM could be what they need to push them over. But he's not the only person they drafted, John. They had some other picks out there. What do they end up looking like? Uh, so in the second round, WizDG had two picks in the second round. Uh, at 30th overall, they picked Just Awkward. And at 37th overall, a familiar name if you follow the NBA 2K League, New Dini, who played with the 76ers last year, joins the squad as well. And then rounding out the draft class for 2020 for WizDG, 51st overall in the third round, B-Rich was selected. No fourth round draft pick for WizDG this year. They lost their fourth round draft pick uh, when they retained Demon JT. They shipped J uh, Demon JT out to uh, the Detroit team. And then in return for that trade, they picked up uh, a second round pick uh, from Detroit, which is why they had two picks in the second round. Uh, and they used that next selection on Nudini. Uh, so, Joey, I completely agree with you. Overall, the draft class looks amazing. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on this WizDG team. A lot of people with thinking with WizDG having the first overall draft pick, picking up a solid scorer like JBM, uh, who's who's described as more of a uh, court general. He's going to kind of call the shots. Uh, in the combine, he averaged over 30 points per game. Definitely one of the higher scoring players in the combine. Overall, some amazing stats. He's going to team up with an amazing uh, you know, forward in, in Dayfry. Uh, Reese to God, I believe, uh, if, if my stats, I'll double check them here real quick. Uh, was third in the league in points uh, per game average, uh, you know, just over 20 points. You know, so right there between Reese God and JBM, you're looking at almost 50 points between those two players already. You team them up with Nudini, uh, who has experience in the league, Day Fry, and just awkward. And let's not forget B Rich. And I think WizDG fans have every right to assume this team could make playoffs. John, WizDG fans should be excited. I think this team can go further than playoffs, to be honest. I don't want to put too much pressure on them early on, but I really think the potential is there. I mean, Dayfry is a natural scorer and a natural leader. He's going to be someone who's vocal during games. He's going to find ways to get open. He's going to find ways to score points. Reese, like I said, he's improved season after season. What did this team need the most coming into the season? They needed someone who can distribute the ball to these playmakers. You already have two huge playmakers on the roster. JBM can come in as that guy. He's not only a playmaker himself by being able to score, but he's also someone who has really good ball control and someone who distributes extremely well. Now, on the opposite side here, just awkward, far from awkward. If anything, just an amazing defender. He can score, but his defensive capabilities are why you pick him up. He's absolutely amazing as a lockdown. He's going to do extremely well defensively for this team. He's probably going to end up being kind of that captain of the defense. He's going to help lead a lot of those picks, a lot of those pickoff passes, a lot of the real defensive-minded play, and I really like the fact that they added him to the roster and taking that real defensive approach to this season. So you're going to be able to score on offense, but now you have this awesome defensive leader coming in as well. As for Nudini and B-Rich, I really like these two because they're versatile. They're players that have proven they can play multiple positions. Nudini previously with 76ers GC, so he has experience on a very well-winning roster as well. They were very successful last season. 
They've been successful ever since they've been in the league, and now you're bringing Nudini down here, so he's going to bring that winning mentality in with him, but also that versatility with him and B-Rich being able to flex here and there. That's going to give the Wizards really a lot of movement as far as their roster capabilities go. We know Dayfry can flex as well. He's flexed to center before, with Reese also flexing to multiple positions. So now you have a roster where so many of these players can shift around, and you can really take your opponent off guard by saying, hey, for this game, we're going to move this guy here because he's that talented that he can play multiple roles. And with this team together, if they continue to practice, they continue to practice early on. And at least from what Coach Pat says, it sounds like it's going to be 10-hour days here at the beginning. So I'm hoping we see this team bond really well together early on. They continue to bring that experience to these events. And really, I think the talent, the ability to adjust with this team, and the hardworking mentality of a lot of these players could lead to very, very big things for Wiz District Gaming this year. All right, with that, Joey, let's go ahead and move on to the Overwatch League where the Washington Justice will be hosting their second homestand this weekend again at the Anthem. Uh, the first homestand uh, two weeks ago uh, at the Anthem. Absolutely fantastic uh, homestand for the uh, Justice. Unfortunately, they came away uh, with two losses during that homestand, hoping uh, to bounce back this homestand as well. Of course, we're all we are still waiting uh, for some visa issues to be sorted out with that roster, so we can actually see what this uh, oh, this Justice Squad will look like in full strength. Uh, but let's go ahead and look forward to this weekend for the homestand here in Washington D.C. on the wharf at the Anthem. Uh, Joey, this weekend, starting on Saturday, March seventh, uh, the Justice will be taking on Boston Uprising at seven p.m. That's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting matchup. I feel like if if the Justice are gonna walk away with a win this weekend, that's gonna be their best shot. Is gonna be against Boston Uprising because on Sunday at 5 p.m. they're gonna be taking on New York Excelsior, uh, which has probably been one of the most consistent teams from season one into season three with how they're playing in the regular season. We won't talk about their their you know playoff records. We won't talk about their stage records in, in the stage playoffs or anything like that. But just from a regular season uh, standpoint, NYXL is a very, very strong team, and I feel like they're going to give the Justice quite a, a bit of issues uh, on Sunday. So really, I, I want to focus on that Boston Uprising matchup as I feel that's going to be the best one, uh, or I should say the best opportunity for the Justice to walk away with at least a win this weekend. Absolutely, John. I couldn't agree more. I'm thinking the Justice go 1-1 one one this weekend. Uh, I'd love to see the 2-0. As a Justice fan, I am rooting for the 2-0. But like you said, the New York Excelsior is going to be a tall wall to climb over. Uh, they have a lot of young players coming up as well from their academy team that have performed very well so far. Um, Hotba being one of those big names. Huru has also done extremely well. So there's a number of really strong Excelsior players out there. And the Justice just coming off of a little bit of a rough week going 0-2. And they were very sick last week. They're still kind of recovering from that sickness. I think taking down the Excelsior is going to be a lot for them to go by. But the Boston Uprising, on the other hand, I think Boston's very beatable. I think this is a team that the Justice should be able to beat. Uh, a lot of people are rating these teams around the same level. Uh, Boston currently sitting 1-2 and two with the Justice at 1-3. and three. Again, you have to factor in a bit of sickness and some visa issues for the Justice side. Um, but Boston's a team they should beat if they lose to Boston. I'm not going to say the season's over. We're still extremely early on. I'm not even going to say the stage is over, but I think it does put the Justice in a bit of a rocky position. Uh, hopefully they do get the visa stuff sorted sooner than later, and we do see these players come back to good health. Uh, I'm going to take them 1-1. Are you feeling 
feeling one one this weekend as well? I'm feeling one one as well, Joe. I feel like uh, I feel like Boston Uprising. They'll be able to uh, take that series from then. From them, you know, it, we also thought they would take the win over the London Spitfire that did go five games in London and ended up making an amazing comeback uh, against the Justice and ended up taking that three two. Uh, but I feel like it'll be a little bit different this time around. I, I think sickness. Uh, was a big thing, Joey, that you hit on from the first homestand. Uh, and something else, you know, the, the biggest wild card we're going to have this weekend uh, in what's being dubbed the Battle for the East Coast is this is the first week that we're having the hero pool rule go into effect where there's going to be four heroes that are going to be automatically out of rotation. So, you know, in, in other esports, you have player bans where players can ban, you know, X amount of players. You see it in League of Legends where, you know, each team can ban five champions. Granted, you know, there's over 140 champions in League of Legends. Overwatch has a lot less. Uh, so you're going to have four uh, heroes banned. You're going to have McCree, Widowmaker, Reinhardt, and Moira uh, are going to be the four out of rotation this week. And there's a lot of controversy around this, and I feel like you know the, the Justice are going to have to overcome quite a bit here. Corey, known for his Widowmaker play, is 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 probably one of the biggest uh, concerns I have with you know a, a hero pool with taking her out of rotation. Now I understand you want to change it up, you know you don't want to fall into a stale meta. I get that, but at the same time, Joey, I would rather let the players decide which heroes get banned in game versus having the developer decide which players are going to be taken out of rotation. Because, uh, you know, I would rather see the strategy come out from these organizations versus the strategy being targeted by the developer itself. Absolutely. I have a lot of issues with this, if I'm being completely honest. I get it. They don't want the stale meta, like you said, John. I get it. They want to keep things exciting. They want new heroes to be picked. I understand that, and I see where you're coming from, Blizzard. At the same point, I'm with John on this one. I think it needs to be banned by the teams if we add them in. Yes, you don't have 130-plus characters, heroes, whatever you want to call them, like League of Legends does. At the same point, I think it's doable. I think what the solution, in my humble opinion, is, is you give each team two bans, and whoever that team bans cannot be used by either team. So if a Widowmaker ban is going to come out from the Washington Justice, they're blocking their own players and the opposing team. I think that's how you decide the four heroes. That's the most even way. And when you look at overall, too, from an organizational standpoint, these organizations are going out there and getting the players that they know are the best players in general in their positions and roles. Now, at the same point, you're looking at them being having their heroes taken away. You're having Corey with arguably his best hero, Widowmaker, being taken away. And McCree, he's also very efficient on. If you look at the tank line, Roar, for example, he's a Reinhardt main. You're taking away this champ, this guy's main champion. So I think Roar is still going to perform well. I think the Justice are still going to get it done, and Corey is going to click heads with whoever he plays. But at the same point, looking at these teams from both an organizational standpoint, a fan standpoint, an Overwatch player standpoint, I'm not the biggest fan of the ban system that has been put into place here as far as the hero pools go. I want to see something more creative and more on the level of the teams and the organizations. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, the excitement will come when you put that decision in the hands of the player and and that team organization versus the developer. You know, I, you know, we get to see a little bit more of that strategy. And player bans is something that, you know, the Overwatch community has talked about for a little bit. 
you know, make the game a little bit more exciting. You know, we had the addition of Rolock, which, you know, it was controversial. Uh, I, for one, was a big fan of Rolock coming into Overwatch League. You know, so you're not having two tanks, one DPS, and, and you know, two um, two healers or, or, or goats comp or, or whatever crazy comp you have out there if you want to go all six DPS. You know, it, it forced you into the 2-2-2 two, two, two Rolock. I like the idea. It made the games a lot more interesting to watch, a lot more competitive, you know, because when you have these players playing in a role that is not their position, not the role that they were brought in, like we saw last year before stage four, you know, I'm sorry, Corey is a DPS god. I don't want to see him playing an off tank. I don't want to see him playing a tank. I don't want to see him playing a healer. I want to see him click heads on McCree. I want to see him click heads on Widowmaker. I want to see him play Hanzo. I want to see him play Genji. I want him to play DPS because that is what he was brought in for to play DPS. I don't want him to play in an off role just because the meta is some crazy, you know, formula that Blizzard came up with. And that's just the highest win percentage. It wasn't fun to watch. And the Overwatch community was very vocal about it for multiple stages. And finally, stage four, Overwatch League listened, introduced Rolock. That's a step in the right direction. Hero pools, a step backwards. Give more to the organizations and the players. Let them make those decisions. Bring the strategy back into the game. And I feel like that's going to really help your competitive scene grow overall by letting the players have their bands. Joey, I agree 100% with your uh, two bands per team. Uh, and it gets banned out across both teams. I think that's 100% the correct way to do it. Um, but uh, who knows? We'll have to wait and see if Blizzard uh, hires us for those ideas. <laughs> and I'm not going to say Blizzard's doing a terrible job with this, and I think a step backward may even be a little too harsh. I'm going to go with a step diagonal and a little bit to the side. An awkward step, maybe you stumble a little bit forward into the side. Because I feel like the idea of bands is good. I think it's an interesting way to keep things fresh, keep things unique. But again, I feel like more of it needs to be on the teams. If a team, like, I don't think you can have it not shared either. Because if one team gets that first ban and they ban Widowmaker, there are so many huge DPS Widowmaker players that the other team really takes a huge disadvantage not having the sniper on their side. So I think having those two bans out there, allowing both bans to be bans that affect both teams, so that Widowmaker ban by one team will be banned by both teams, or will be banned on both teams. You still end up with the four heroes that Blizzard wants, and maybe you even cushionhole or pigeonhole them or whatever you want to say to where they have to do two P two DPS, one tank and one healer as well. I mean, there's different ways they can play around it, but I like the idea of giving both teams two bands and having those bands affect both teams. I personally think it's a great idea. John likes it too. Blizzard. We're here. If you want to chat about it, we have a lot of ideas for your esports scene. Just hit us up at game on DC. Whether you think it's a step backwards or a step off to the side diagonally, one thing remains true, and that is the Washington Justice are hosting another amazing homestand this weekend at the Anthem. And if you want to just watch great Overwatch League action, you know, you're a Justice fan, but you want to see other uh, teams play as well, you have three amazing matches per day. Uh, you can check out the Overwatch League, uh, you know, last homestand that Justice put on a fantastic show, the organization overall. The atmosphere was absolutely electric. A lot of great reviews came out from it. Uh, so just to recap real quick here you for, uh, for you, uh, if you are interested in going, tickets are still available. You have a weekend pass as well as single day passes available. On Saturday, starting at 3 p.m., you have Toronto Defiant against Florida Mayhem. 
Uh, 5 p.m., Paris Eternal versus Houston Outlaws. And, of course, the nightcap is going to be Boston against the Washington Justice. Sunday, 3 p.m., Paris Eternal against the Philadelphia Fusion. Uh, 5 p.m. Sunday, New York Excelsior against the Washington Justice. And the nightcap and the final game for this homestand for the Battle of the East Coast is going to be between Boston Uprising and Atlanta Reign. For tickets, go to Ticketmaster.com. Search up Washington Justice. Tickets are very fairly priced. Single-day passes going for 30 bucks. Weekend passes going for 60 and up. Uh, I think it's absolutely fantastic and definitely a great way to support your team and also watch live esports in person and just be a part of the amazing, amazing atmosphere. Absolutely, John. The atmosphere is electric. It is so much fun to attend esports events in person. If you have not done it already and live in the DMV, definitely check it out. Uh, one more correction on that, John. I believe it's Sunday, March 8th. I think games did get moved back two hours. So I want to say the first match will be starting at 5 p.m. Uh, it doesn't look like it's been updated on the Overwatch League website just yet, but I want to say the Washington Justice put out a tweet about it. I do recall that tweet, so I, I'm going to go ahead and go with your correct on that. Uh, it is going to be starting at 5 p.m. I just double-checked their Twitter. 5 p.m. on Sunday, we'll start with Paris versus Philly, uh, and then every two hours it'll be bumped back. Uh, so the final match will start at 9 p.m., uh, and the Washington Justice against New York will be around 7 p.m. Of course, those times are tentative based upon how quick the series before them goes. Uh, there will be some filler time in between, uh, but definitely check that out. Joe, and I couldn't agree with you more. If you haven't experienced a live eSport event, this is your weekend. And if for some reason this weekend doesn't work, it's okay. There's still three more amazing homestands. The Washington Justice will be hosting uh, all, pardon me, the next three are going to be held at the Entertainment and Sports Arena uh, in Southeast D.C., uh, a, a beautiful facility. Uh, Joey, you and I had a chance to go down there uh, for the uh, Red Bull event, and it was absolutely fantastic. The facility is amazing. It's on a great campus, uh, and, and the arena itself is fantastic. A great layout, and, and I can't wait to see a, a major esports event like Overwatch League there. Again, that will be the next three homestands with this one this weekend taking place at the Anthem. That will do it for this episode of Game On DC. If you enjoy listening to Game On DC, we want to hear from you. Leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can also leave us a comment on Google Play and SoundCloud. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media to keep up with all gaming and esports news right here in the DMV. Joey, where else can our listeners go to follow Game On DC? Listeners, head on over to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to find us at Game On DC. You can also find us using hashtag GoDC. Until next time, I'm John. I'm Joey. Game, Game on, on DC. DC.